Yeah, and I just tried, and I can lick the crook of my elbow, so I'm going to go ahead and claim that I can lick my elbow, too. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops, and we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 45. Today we'll be challenging ourselves with a baby quiz. And, uh, yeah. Justin, what updates do you have for us today? Uh, well, I've got an official nine-month-old on my hands here. Nico has turned nine months. And uh, a few interesting things happened in the last two weeks since uh, our last episode. He got his first tooth and, wait for it, his second tooth. Jeez, rushing them. <laughs> yeah, it, they're both the bottom teeth, the two front bottom teeth. One popped up about a week ago, and then the second one followed right behind about uh, two days ago. I noticed it for the first time. Like right and, next uh, to it? Yeah, right next to it. And they, um, uh, they're, especially the first one, so noticeable now. I mean, anytime he grins, you see this big old white tooth in his head. <laughs> and like a week ago, I think it had sprouted up a week ago, but just barely, you could just kind of barely feel the ridge. Mm. But now it's like the focal point of his face. So he went from fully toothless for like over eight and a half months to now it's the first thing you see when he when he opens his mouth so that's a big change in his look yeah that's great i guess tooths kind of grow like a mountain ridge line then they just kind of pull other tooths up with them (laughs) yeah something like that there was some tectonic movement in his bottom (laughs) jaw and all the teeth are coming um that's uh that's probably the biggest update but some other interesting stuff happened um i think we've talked in the past about how at least in Nico's case, he doesn't really respond to his own poop. You know, <laughs> he gets a dirty diaper and you'll never know it. If you can't smell it or see it, or if it doesn't blast out through his clothes, then uh, uh, he'd be happy to sit in a dirty diaper for hours, you know, so you have to kind of keep on top <laughs> of it. But um, that has all changed because now um, he's doing three square meals a day of solid food. Right. And, when you get up to that level of salt, as soon as you introduce any solid food, actually, you start to notice the poo change. Yeah. But then when you get up to three square meals a day, even two a day, uh, the poo becomes a lot more. I mean, it's almost indistinguishable from adult human poo. You know, <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. And as you can imagine, that stuff is a lot more frustrating to have wedged in your diaper than just uh... the more the liquid stuff that the diaper absorbs instantly. So now um, when he has a dirty diaper, he hates it and lets you know about it immediately. It's really uncomfortable. And Mm. sometimes he'll shout as it's coming out. So it's just like instant (laughs) notification now that he has a dirty diaper. (laughs) You get like a ping on your phone. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's attention grabbing for sure. And I feel like I need to update my previous info that um, he doesn't care about a dirty diaper. It, that was a milk-fed dirty diaper, but now he seriously cares about a dirty diaper. Uh, that's been a change through, say, the eighth month mostly is when he started getting emotional about that. Interesting. And um, final updates. As you well know, we're in America now, and my wife's parents are visiting America. They're visiting mm. us here in Kentucky. So we're here for over four months, and then they're coming over for a week, like right in the middle, and seeing my family and that sort of thing. Last time they were here was 12 years ago. But anyway, wow. the really interesting thing to me about this was uh, Nico was seeing his uh, grandmother especially, but both the grandparents multiple times a week for say the first six months of his life. Right. And we even lived with him for the first month of his life. So he was, uh, you know, seeing them every day or maybe four or five times a week, especially for the grandmother up until about six and a half months old. And then he saw them not at all from like six and a half months to eight and a half months. Mm. So in that two month window, the big question to me was when the grandparents suddenly come back on the scene, is he going to be overjoyed to see who see these people he hasn't seen in a while? Or is he so young and his brain so malleable that maybe he'll just have totally forgotten them? And right. uh, 
we finally got that experience. So do you want to register your guess as to what Nico's reaction was to seeing his two grandparents? I am terrible at guessing Nico's reaction to anything, but Mm -hmm. based on previous reactions to things, it's either a lot of crying or indifference. Yeah, those are his two gears. (laughs) So I'm going to go with with indifference. (laughs) It was a lot of crying, my friend. Ah, man, I'm terrible. (laughs) um, We talked about this Japanese word before, which is hitomishiri. And Mm. hitomishiri is when kids become aware of people in that they are strangers and mm-hmm. they cry to see new people, you know, for the first few months, babies don't care or know anything that's going on, but eventually it does register with them. Like you're not my dad. And they freak out about it. So, uh, he loved his grandparents and then two months away from them, they come back on the scene and he gave them the same long <laughs> skeptical glare that he gives every new person. And, uh, we tried to hand them off to his grandmother who's held him like nothing less than hundreds of times. <laughs> and uh, he just got the huge frown on his face and the panic like, uh, like that. So that's terrible. Yeah, that was wild. But I think the difference is that he, he warmed up to them much more quickly than he would a total stranger. Uh, so I think it just took a while to jog his memory, or maybe he had right. some like latent baby memory in the back of his mind or something about them. Mm. And uh, within like 10 minutes, he was fine with the grandmother, especially, and uh, still kind of on the fence with the grandfather, who he didn't see as often. Um, nice. But uh, that was uh, a surprise to me. If he meets another new person who's a total stranger, he wouldn't warm up to him in 10 minutes. He would you know, want to stare at him from across the room for a couple of days and then eventually Mm. be fine with that person holding him. So that was kind of a wild reaction from him. It makes sense. I mean, two months is a long time when you're only months old. Yeah, it was, you know, something like uh, a quarter of his life that he hadn't seen them. And in those previous months, his brain was like still developing, like memory slots weren't formed yet. It seems difficult for kids. Yeah, it's still probably ongoing that most of his life is just whatever's happening in the present moment. Yeah, And then, you know, within a day or two of, of memory, it seems like uh, he obviously, he likes to see people that he knows. And if he hasn't seen someone for a day and then he sees them again, somebody that he knows well, he gets a huge smile on his face and he's happy. So there is a window where his memory is uh, totally on track. But then, you know, a couple months pass and it's like, you're yesterday's news, buddy. See you later. It'd be curious to to find out more, like, when does long-term memory really kick in for a kid? Yeah. This is the short-term memory? Because it sounds like it's really not kicking in yet until, like, you know, maybe closer to a year. Yeah, uh, that may be true. That's a good uh, topic idea uh, for this very podcast that we host. Um, but... Like I was saying, it did kind of, uh, it seems like there was an, a shorter road for him to travel to get comfortable with them again. Mm. So there was something there, but just in the beginning, he wasn't having it. Nice. Well, that's good. Are they yeah. having a good time? Yeah, they are. It's um, America fantastic over here. Uh, <laughs> they're doing a lot of America stuff. And uh, we've moved up our Thanksgiving to tomorrow, uh, which is like two weeks early, I guess. Hmm. And because we have a lot of family in and my wife's in-laws happen to be in. So we thought this is a good opportunity. We have a photographer coming down for Thanksgiving. So we're wow. having family You photos. guys love getting photographers. Photographers all over the place, man. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Is this the first Thanksgiving that they're going to experience? Like, have you done it in Japan with them before? Um, I bet we've done something, but it's always like, it's Thanksgiving, let's get some chicken, you know, and that's about the extent of it. Right. So this will be the first real full on experience. Oh, man, this is gonna blow their mind. Just the enormity of the food. Just, yeah, I'd love to see their faces. But of course, that's what the photographer's for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The thing is, we had this is a bit of a scheduling error. But at first we had like Thanksgiving dinner planned for i guess one o'clock so like the classic thanksgiving lunch Mm. and then the photographer was supposed to come at four and we're like we should flip-flop those 
because everybody's going to oh. be disgusting and like you know rolling out of the house onto yeah. the grass you're just going to take pictures of napping people <laughs> yeah a photographer <laughs> comes and does like uh cinema verite where people are just asleep the, and drooling the aftermath <laughs> yeah but uh we did reschedule and now we've got photographs like at one or something and then we've changed our thanksgiving into a supper time uh maybe five o'clock or something that's good yeah so that's how you got to do it nice anyway how about you update wise what do you got going on actually i've got quite a few of the same updates we in the past couple days have got a new tooth showing on coda congratulations yeah yeah he's seven and a half months now so it's a little bit it's a little bit early i think at least Mm -hmm. compared to you guys uh but yeah, it was really surprising to see that little tooth pop out. I think Moe notices it first because she's breastfeeding and it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, I think there's a tooth. So we got in there and got a picture of it yesterday. And mm. sure enough, one solid white tooth poking out. Yeah, we had, I don't know if you experienced this, but people had been foretelling this tooth uh, from the fourth month with yeah. Nico. We went to his four-month checkup, and the even the pediatrician who was there, the actual doctor, was like, "Oh yeah, these teeth will be coming in any time now, any day, just by looking at like the ridge of his gum or whatever." Interesting. Uh, which the ridge always looked a little white, and you always thought, "Ah, maybe a tooth's popping up, maybe not." But it literally yeah. was five months after the pediatrician had called it that the uh, the tooth ended up showing itself. Which just means they have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, guesswork with these doctors. Maybe I've been in America too long, but I think doctors are mostly guessing. (laughs) Uh, But it's true. (laughs) It's true. I read it on a blog. Not in the Uh, lamestream media. Um, Oh, it's not that kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah, other than that, uh, we have... a some poop related updates he's coda's eating twice a day now Mm -hmm. which means that all of his pooping is now basically adult poop and super stinky oh my god yeah it's horrible the transition from milk poop to food poop is i mean on a scale of stinkiness it's zero to (laughs) ten yeah it's remarkable it's like the real the real stuff is stomach turning and you don't realize how good you had it with the yeah. milk-based poop. And yeah. how it's number one among all poops is the first four or five months of just the milk poop. Yeah, you really have it easy in those days. Yeah, so appreciate it if you're yeah, a new Yesterday, parent. on the way back, we were out having like a late lunch snack dinner. And on the mm-hmm. way back, he pooped his pants in the car and just mm-hmm. destroyed the car. it's like one of those like windows down like Moe's in the back seat like with him just holding her nose closed (laughs) (laughs) that's brutal uh this is one of those semi-embarrassing things but um uh it's also obviously just harder to pass the adult poop as compared to the milk poop which is just liquid all the time um so I've had Nico before where he just begins shrieking with the effort <laughs> of passing the poop. It's just a <laughs> kind of a kind of a baby scream. And then you know what's going on because like there's no other trouble in his life at that moment. And he was happy seconds before. Interesting. And uh, and there you have it. It's poop. And then he's not happy to have the poop in his diaper. So it's like a different sound of shriek maybe <laughs> yeah and he doesn't like any step of it so that's interesting coda gets yeah. so quiet when he's pooping really <laughs> he'll be doing something you'll be like laughing having a good time suddenly he'll just get this like serious look on his face <laughs> and just stop all movement yeah just for like a good minute and then he's just like a little bit red and then done <laughs> <laughs> nico attacked it really he it takes a pretty aggressive approach to the poop and yeah. gets it out of there. And he, you know, he takes agency in expelling the poop. He really goes for it. <laughs> and I think uh, my sister who has a 
almost one and a half year old, she told me this, that her, uh, you know, toddler daughter was standing up in the bathtub once and just screamed with all of her might. And then the poop just came <laughs> square out and landed right in the tub. But it was just a, <laughs> so I think some kids, at least in our family, they get really intense about it. Oh God, I hope I have a camera ready. If that ever happens. <laughs> yeah, that'll be uh, a good video. Real good video. <laughs> Uh, that's not the first uh, poop in the bath story I've heard recently. So <laughs> expect this for our futures, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that'll be coming. Uh, other updates. Uh, we got a new car seat, actually, just oh, yesterday. Cool. Had to upgrade. Is, yeah, it's really nice. The old one we had is similar to yours is the kind where you like put him in it and it's kind of portable. You can like lift him out of the car in the seat mm-hmm. and then put that in the, in the stroller or down on the ground and it becomes like a rocker but he's definitely getting too heavy for that and a little too big just to fit in it Mm -hmm. and so we upgraded to a more fixed car seat that Mm -hmm. uh swivels in the seat so you can like put it sideways to take him out which makes it a little bit easier to get him in and out of the car and yeah it's nice that's good we have uh my sister's old car seat which is similar to the one that you had previously and the one that i have now in japan and it's more for the infants uh, right where they sort of are laying down in it uh and luckily nico is still fitting in that one here Mm. so it gives me confidence that when we arrive back in the u.s in january we'll be able to take him home in our car because that's the car seat we have waiting for us. You know, that's what'll be at the airport when oh, we have right. to drive him home. So I was kind of afraid that he would outgrow his car seat while we're outside of the country and we'd be in a, a real pickle trying to get him back. But we have yeah. the same one essentially here and he's still fitting in it. So I'm I'm thinking it's okay. You we think have two the, months is okay though? Yeah, as long as he um, you know, continues to fit in the one here. He may outgrow it, mm-hmm. but I think it's there's still room, and I think it'll be okay. Uh, but okay. we have also had other car seats because he's got a couple of cousins here who are older than him, so he's ridden in their car seats that are more what you're talking about, like the more upright version. And oh, okay. he can hold his own in those too. So it's nice to really have your kid get out there and test drive a bunch of car seats if you have yeah. cousins or other babies, it's such a good opportunity just to see how they really fit in uh, yeah. to the seat. So that's, yeah, that's been a lot of uh, load off my mind here. When you're buying baby goods, you're kind of flying blind a lot of the time, especially with your first kid. Mm. So it's worth it to take your kid somewhere where they're, you know, just slightly older kids and test out their stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Nice. Uh, I think that's it for our updates. Um we got a new carport put in, which is congratulations a lifesaver around here when it snows and even when it rains, it's just easier to get in and out of the cars. So, yeah, yeah. that's very nice. How many cars can you get under your carport? A eh? uh, three. It's a that's it's good. a big in. Yeah, very nice. Yep, it's pretty rad. I think uh, I think that's all the updates. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's just skip over. Um, arm in arm, we will skip now to Segmenton. Segmenton. And here we are. Uh, so for today's segment, I thought, you know, we are both professional fathers at this point, and we should be able to answer any number of quiz questions about babies. I mean, who better to answer these questions than us? Uh, nope. So I found on um, online, this website is called Pro Profs. I don't know if it's good or bad, but they have an interesting <laughs> little baby quiz here. And I thought uh, we could go through these questions. Um, I don't see the answers until after I submit my guess. So okay. I have no idea what's uh, what's right or wrong. And I thought we could talk through these questions and uh, reveal how good we are at this for everyone to hear. Question number one, when newborn babies cry, they produce tears. True or false? Uh, That was a no. That is false. Yeah, that's false, right? I mean, it was the same with Nico. I was really surprised by this. I didn't see a tear on the child until he was like a month and a half old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It takes a while for that to develop. 
Yeah, I'm going to lock in false, and it says correct. Nice. Congratulations to us. Okay, Thank next question. Us. What percentage of babies actually arrive on their due date? We have some options here. It's less okay. than 2%, 3 to 4%, 10%, or 25%. Mm. What was the what was the third one? Like less than ten? Uh ten exactly is what it has here. I don't think it's ten. It's either the second or third one then. Okay. I'm gonna lean toward three to four because I mean, first of all, every mm -hmm. C section baby is taken out of the equation. They're not on their due dates. And uh right. the due date's kind of like throwing a dart at a dartboard. You know, you can get it in the neighborhood, but um could go off Wait, so you think it's higher then? No, no, think... three to four percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, three to four. Okay. That's what I'm okay. gonna say. Oh, I are you happy with three to four? I'm gonna lock it in. Yeah, yeah. Three to four seems good. Okay, let's see what we got. Oh, correct. We got nice. it right. Uh I, there's no further explanation on this website, but um I we just got a word. <laughs> yep. Proprofs.com, baby. Is there a better reference? I don't think so. Uh, question three, <laughs> babies are born without which body parts? Heads. Babies are born without which body part? <laughs> Mark jumps the gun with heads. Um, A, kneecaps. B, elbows. C, tailbone. Or D, shoulder blades. Kneecaps, elbows, tailbone, or shoulder blades? I feel like it's kneecaps. I have zero idea about this, but just <laughs> just interacting with my child, I feel like it's kneecaps. Yeah, my kid's arms definitely bent, so it can't be elbows. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just straight bone from shoulder to wrist. Uh, and the tailbone, I mean, some kids are born with a freaking tail. So I have to imagine there's a tailbone yeah. in play. <laughs> and then shoulder blades, I think there are certain uh, birth defects which cause your baby to be born without shoulder blades or uh, at least the scapula. I'm going to go with kneecaps. Let's see okay. if we got it. Oh, correct. Nicely oh, done. Nice. I didn't know that. But according to this quiz, your kid doesn't have kneecaps when he or she's born. We were just talking about that the other day. Like, there's so many rolls in Coda's legs. We're like, where are his kneecaps? But maybe yeah. they're just not there yet. <laughs> yeah. My wife's family from the very beginning has said that Nico's legs are like a boneless ham. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's so true. So they very often touch his legs and say, boneless ham, boneless ham. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, next question. How many bones is a baby born with? Uh, multiple choice here, 200, B is 206, C, 250, and D is 300. So 200, 206, 250, or 300. I want to jump in with some trivia, and that's that mm. an adult human has 206. Yeah. We've yeah, already that's... established, though, that there's no kneecaps. Yeah, so that lowers the number. But then baby's bones fuse over time don't like the skull has to be a bit loose and then those bones fuse to one do they skull count, do they count teeth as bones oh my goodness i don't think so because the baby technically good. has all of their teeth adult and kid teeth in their face oh yeah they're just hidden it's, away it's terrifying don't ever yeah. google it but <laughs> okay so that might add to it i i don't know the third one, what was that, like 250 or something? 250. But I would say maybe, you know, baby's developing, obviously. So I bet there are some, like, tiny, tiny ear bones or something that are not there yet, and then they develop over time. Mm, so, like and, like, no kneecaps, yeah, precisely. So I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable with 200. Is a kneecap a bone? I now think that so. I say it, like... It must be. Yeah, I guess so. All right. I'm going to go 200, and we can edit out our hemming and hawing later if we're correct. Oh, it's incorrect. Oh, my God. It's 300. It's 300. Oh. Good God almighty. Well, we're both wrong. Okay. Well, I'm going to Google this. How many bones is a baby with? Wow. And Google brings back the answer 300 bones. 
huh. Google Sensei says, slowly as you grew older, everything became a bit bigger, including your bones. A baby's body has about 300 bones at birth. These eventually fuse, grow together to form the 206 bones that adult have. adults hmm. have. Sorry. So it is that they have many, many, many distinct bones, and then those fuse as they grow. Interesting. Uh, I would love to know where all those separations are, though. I mean, the skull obviously has a few, but um, I can't imagine like your femur is just in eight parts and then it comes together, you know, it has yeah. to be your femur. So <laughs> it's got to be like rib, ribs and stuff, because I mean, if you're holding like a newborn, like they're they're not solid around the waist in the chest area. But then yeah, as you're picking up like a seven, eight month old, they're solid. They're very floppy in the beginning. Yeah. So maybe it has to do with like rib rib separation in the beginning. and Yeah. Especially for like if they're being birthed, like ribs will be the first thing to break. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. it's just come out already broken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, uh, this is from momlovesbest.com. It says, um, because in the womb, babies have a limited amount of space to grow. Uh, and they also must be flexible in order to pass through the birth canal. So at birth, many of a baby's bones are still predominantly made of cartilage. Oh, okay. uh, and I assume, but see, that would mean you have fewer bones. So I right. guess that there are like cartilage sort of bridges and gaps in uh, what would be a, a full bone as an adult. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that's as good of an answer as we can do. Cool. Let's move on. Next question. How many diapers does the average baby go through in one year? And the answers are as follows. 250. Sounds like um, social services <laughs> would be at your door. Uh, the next is it jumps up 10 times. 2,500. Next is 5,000. And then finally, 7,500. I'm going to go B. Because as they age, you're doing less a day. Yeah, for sure. 2,500. I mean, if they did 10 a day for the first year, that would be 3,650. Yeah. But our boys are not doing 10 a day. They're, you know, what? Not anymore. Four or five a day, something like that. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, 2,500, and please, God, let us be correct. Oh, God. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm not <laughs> trusting the quiz anymore because it says 7,500. 7,000? Yeah, 7,500. There's no way. Maybe in a leap year, God. <laughs> that's, that's 20 and a half diapers a day. That's ludicrous. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's ridiculous. This whole quiz is called into question now. This is, this is just, I'm, uh, I'm not impressed, pro profs. <laughs> All right, next question. According to the old nursery rhyme, children born you're on not what even, day? You're not even going to Google it to see. What I should, I'll Google you're it. Just I'll Google disregarding. It. How many diapers does a baby use in a year? Google says. On average, a baby can go through between 2,000 and 2,200 diapers in their first year. Thank you, Google, for straightening <laughs> pro props out for us. Okay. Uh, that 7,000. I mean, that was a mouse slip or something down at the pro props uh, head office. That's not even a math slip. You're just making up wrong numbers. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. So take this whole quiz with a grain of salt, everyone. We are on question six now. According to the old nursery rhyme, children born on what day of the week are, quote, fair of face? What? I've, I've never heard this before, but there's some old nursery rhyme that nobody knows anymore. And children born on what day of the week are fair of face? Is it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday? Um, hmm. I have no idea what the reasoning behind this would be. So, Sunday. Uh, I'm going to go with you. Wait, Sunday's not on the list. Monday, exactly. <laughs> Monday Tuesday. I was going to blindly follow you <laughs> with your write-in. Uh, okay. I have Googled it, but let's, let's guess an answer first. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I don't know. Tuesday. Let's say Tuesday. 
show my answer. It's Monday. Mm. Dang it. Okay. There is a um, there's a nursery rhyme called Monday's Child. And it goes like this. Monday's child is fair of face. Oh, God, it's right in the first line. Wow. Okay. Monday's child is fair of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child works hard for a living. And the child born on the Sabbath day is Bonnie, Blythe, Good, and Gay. Whoa, it's 2022. Let's not throw gay around. It's homosexual Monday's wow. child. Jesus. Uh, no, so Bonnie, Blythe, Good, and Gay. Um, this sounds Irish. Is this? <laughs> uh, Bonnie and Gay both sound very Irish to me. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. This rhyme was first recorded in A.E. Bray's Traditions of Devonshire. Uh, anyhow, um, so English, I guess it says, yeah. So what day know. of the week was your child born on? Our boy was born on Thursday. So according to the lyrics, uh, Thursday's child has far to go. I don't know what that means. If he's got a long, difficult road or if he's going to have a long life or something, but Nico apparently has far to go. Long life. Be optimistic about it. Okay. Long life. Yeah, Let's I think see. same Thursday, right? I think so. I think our kids were like exactly seven weeks apart. Yeah. So they both have far to go. Hmm. Okay. Next question. How many people does the average child share his or her birthday with? Interesting. How many people does the average child share his or her birthday with? (laughs) First answer is 2 billion. (laughs) I was going to say, it's got to be a pretty high number. (laughs) Not 2 billion. I mean, there are 366 options. Yeah. uh, 2 billion is like one in every four people was born on the same day. Okay. Next is 225 million. Uh, Next is 9 million. And then finally, 1 million. So if it's 225 million, that would be like four. That's not even nearly right. I'm going to have yeah. to say 9 million. Yeah, 9 seems pretty reasonable. Okay, also we are crazy. Correct. And yeah, astrology is bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very true. Um, but uh, this is just pure birthday. And about, according to this, 9 million people will you know, have the same birthday. I'm just going to go ahead and do a little quick math. The world is approaching 8 billion, right? I thought we passed. I think it it either just happened or is about to happen. And we'll divide it by 365.25 to account for the leap year. And um, this number that we get is 21 million... (laughs) This is an old survey. (laughs) Yeah, this survey was made when uh, the world population was about uh, less than half what it is today. Uh, So this was based on like a farmer's almanac from the 40s, I guess. This, uh, I would say we should update it to say, you know, about 20 to 22 million other people have your same uh, birthday, mathematically. And so go out and read your horoscope because it's very individualized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, if you want to be doubly sure, read your horoscope on ProProfs because ProProfs <laughs> just nails it every time. Horoscopes yeah. nail it every time. Exactly. Good stuff. Next question. Uh, all babies are born with blue eyes, true or false? I thought that was true. But blue, I mean, even uh, we're talking worldwide here, like... Asian babies, African babies, mm. blue eyes. I don't know. I'm going to say false based on the dark black eyes that I saw in my own child. Yeah, but I thought was it born. was still like a shade of blue in the beginning, and then that goes away. It may be blue, but that feels semantic to me. And as mm. we all know, I'm, I'm terribly anti-semantic. So anti-semantic. Um, oh my God. I've been in Kentucky for too long. <laughs> uh correct i went with false and it's correct i think oh damn i mean there's just some dark-eyed baby out there next question according to the old nursery rhyme oh god oh hey it's the same nursery rhyme 
So can we remember what we just read in the nursery rhyme? According to the old nursery rhyme, children born on what day of the week are full of grace? Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday? No idea. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the big hint is that fair of face and full of grace rhyme. So I think they were in back-to-back lines. I uh, think we had Monday was fair of face, Tuesday was full of grace. I'm going to go ahead and lock that in. Yeah. Oh, we're correct. Tuesday kids are full of grace. Nice. You heard it here first. Next question. When born, what size is a baby's head in relation to the rest of his or her body? And 50%. I guess this is by weight. Yeah, this says <laughs> one. What was that? 50? <laughs> yeah. This is one eighth, one quarter, half, or twice. <laughs> twice. Holy hell. Twice it's either a quarter side. or half, but I'm, I'm leaning towards half. Wow. If it's twice and you had a nine pound baby, that would be a three pound body, six pound head. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm gonna the Family just, Guy kid popping out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say a quarter. It can't be half, can? It? I mean, that's ridiculous to think. It is ridiculous. Half. I'm mostly kidding. Yeah, I'm gonna say quarter. Quarter's correct. Yeah. I'm gonna side with pro props on this and not look into it any further. Next question. <laughs> oh, question eleven. Who was the original Gerber baby? I think Jack. this was. <laughs> Good old Jack. I think this was just in the news. Um, okay. Was it Shirley Temple, Judy Garland, Anna Turner, or Mr. Clean? <laughs> okay. I gotta go with Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. Um, okay. I think this was just in the news, but I really? can't remember why. Uh, I think Shirley Temple and Judy Garland, I mean, they're just too famous, aren't they? Anna Turner. I don't know who that is, so I want to say it was Anna Turner. I mean, they wouldn't have been as babies, though. Yeah, so I'm thinking like, what are the odds? Yeah, but like that the Gerber baby just would have happened to become Shirley Temple or Judy Garland. I mean, that's remarkable. And Anna Turner might also be a famous starlet from the old days, so I just don't know, but I'm going to say Anna, sorry, Ann Turner and check it out. Oh, it's correct. It was Ann Turner. Ah, nice. So I think this was in the news because Ann Turner died this year or last year. Um, Hmm. And it was like, Gerber baby dies (laughs) was the headline. Terrible. (laughs) Maybe not so blunt, but um, anyway. uh, Okay, according to Gerber, Ann Turner Cook is the famous Gerber baby. Ann Turner Cook, yes, just died in June of 2022. Mm. Ripe old age of 95. Wow. I didn't know Gerber baby Gerber products were that old, I guess. Uh, Yeah. A hundred years. Yeah. Gerber has been around. Um, Yeah. Gerber was founded in 1927. Old school. Okay. Question 12. What color was used for boys in the 1900s? Pink. The options are pink, blue, yellow, and green. I'm going to take issue with this question. First of all, they put an apostrophe in 1900s, and it's just a plural. It doesn't need an apostrophe. Secondly, (laughs) the 1900s runs all the way up to 1999, at which time I believe they were using blue for boys. I think they assume early 1900s. or Yeah, but they didn't specify, and that annoys me. Uh, So I'm going to say blue has to, by default, be correct, but... I think they don't want us to say blue. They want us to say something else. How do you feel about yellow? I don't. Okay. You want to go green? No. Pink? Yeah. Okay. Pink it is. <laughs> it was pink. Correct. <laughs> okay. It's kind of famous, and I think it had to do with photographs, but boys oh, really? used to wear more pink. That's interesting. All right. Well, uh, good job. Way to override me and get us the correct answer there. (laughs) Question 13. What is the typical cost of raising a child in the United States for the first year of life, not including medical costs? Uh, So hmm. in the U.S., yeah. Well, the options are $2,000, $7,000, 
$10,000 or $15,000. 10 seems reasonable. Yeah, that I you know, that seems good to me. I mean, things are expensive, and I guess they're not factoring in gifts cuz, you know, we haven't bought many clothes, for example, but on average yeah. maybe people are going out and buying clothes. Um, but just diapers and food and all the uh yeah. other accoutrement you got to think though we've already established that this quiz is dated Mm, so maybe it's like we haven't factored in inflation so maybe it's a lower number it might have been like 45 (laughs) dollars by the um, depression era stats that they're referencing in this quiz uh so let's go with our ten thousand and see what happens so it says seven thousand uh but i mean come on inflation Inflation, baby, 7,000 to 10. I'll count that as right for us. Okay. Question 14. How often is a baby born around the world? Every minute. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the last answer. Every minute, every 30 seconds, every three seconds, or every second? Yeah, I'm going to go with the last one. Every second? I want to jump in and say every three seconds. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to override here. And, oh, we got it right. Which we? Uh, Every three seconds. Oh, okay. You're you're welcome. Okay, thank you. I've uh, paid back the favor of you saving us that pink answer. (laughs) Every three seconds, according to ProProf. It's still pretty quick. It is. It is. It's like that old Lucy episode with the chocolates coming down the conveyor belt. Basically. Question 15. Babies recognize their mother's voice at birth. How long before they recognize their fathers? 18 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> but they put in a little comedy answer um, on this one, too. Answer A is one week, B is two weeks, C is one month, and D is never. <laughs> they take the leap there. The answer wow. is D. So we got a week, two weeks, or a month, essentially. I mean, it doesn't it, it depend? I would say so, but we're dealing with pro profs here, and mm. who's to say what's going on? Um, so, I mean, under we, their assumption, the dad is present all the time. So, I'm yeah. going to say a, a week. A week. Okay, I was thinking two weeks, but um, I could do two weeks. I'm not. I'm not firm on a week. Okay, I'm even thinking a month, but I'm going to bump it up to two weeks and see what happens. Oh, two weeks is correct. Nice. All right. Next up. Question 16. Hold on, hold on. This is very similar to a previous question. It says a baby's head accounts for how much of his or her body weight? Hmm. 20%, 50%, 70%, or 90%? (laughs) Again, you have a 10-pound baby and they're nine pounds head. That's wild. Was the other one weight? I don't know how they measured it. Uh, It was just like how much of your baby's body is their head or something. It was loose. What What are the answers? The answers here are 20%, 50 percent, 70, uh, or 90. Well, 20 seems more reasonable. 20 is reasonable, but uh, yeah, let's go 20. Before, the answer was a quarter, right? A quarter of your baby is the head, but let's go with 20 yeah. and see what happens. Uh, correct, 20 percent. Okay. Hmm. Next question. When does a baby get his or her fingerprints? Um, first answer is as a three month fetus choice B as a six month fetus, uh, C says at or shortly after birth. And then D says six months from birth when they commit their first felony. (laughs) Exactly. When (laughs) When does a baby first get fingerprinted? Um, Mm, I don't know, man. Obviously, three or six fetus stage. So, Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I would say because they do handprints, and I think their fingerprints are visible in a handprint, even for a a young, young baby. So I'm going to go six-month fetus. Sounds good. Reasonable. Oh, it was three-month fetus. Oh. Dang it. So I just Googled it, and it says every person including individuals with an identical twin has unique fingerprints. These fingerprints start forming in the 10th week after conception, 
when some cells in the middle layer of the skin called the basal layer start growing faster than the cells in the inner layer of dermis or outer layer of epidermis. So 10th hmm. week, that lines up about three months. Makes sense. Interesting. Thanks for educating me, pro-profs. I take it all back. <laughs> Question 18. What can a baby do up until seven months that an adult cannot? Baby can do this up until seven months and an adult cannot, A, cross their eyes while sticking out their tongue. It's ludicrous. <laughs> Um, B, lick their elbow. Okay. C, <laughs> breathe and swallow simultaneously. Interesting. D, sneeze with their eyes open. <laughs> so one more time, A is cross their eyes while sticking out their tongue. Let's strike that from the record. B, lick their elbow. C, breathe and swallow simultaneously. D, sneeze with their eyes open. I'm going, I got to go C. Breathe and swallow simultaneously. That is quite a trick of nursing babies um, that they come out right away being able to nurse and breathe at the same time. Mm. But babies have tiny, tiny arms in relation to their <laughs> head. So I want to say lick their elbow. <laughs> if you put a baby's arm up and then he just turns his head, I think he'd be licking his elbow, wouldn't he? I don't think so. I still don't think I still don't think they can. <laughs> okay. I, I think sneeze with their eyes open is out of the question because babies close their eyes when they sneeze. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can breathe and swallow simultaneously because you just still have the one passage down uh, for your throat, you know, so hmm. I don't think it's I'm going to I'm going to say lick their elbow. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still going breathing. Okay, well, okay, I'm working on answers. Lick their elbow. Oh, it was breathe and swallow simultaneously. <laughs> Man, you're like such a fool. I want to, I think, I definitely think it's that one because lately we've noticed Coda, whenever he's drinking water out of a cup, he gets it mm -hmm. down the wrong tube now. Oh, okay. And this has never happened before. It's just like a new thing since he's been drinking this. So I wow. think he's developing more and not able to kind of do those at the same time oh you know what i just uh on alexa answers which is through amazon um alexa has pointed out a flaw in this question uh it says the question is can a baby lick their elbow alexa answers yes they can lick the inside portion of the elbow but not the outside oh the and, crook uh, yeah and i just tried and i can lick the crook of my <laughs> elbow so i'm gonna go ahead and claim that I can lick my elbow too and go ahead and say that I was right on that one. That's not but, an elbow though. Well, uh, Alexa begs to differ. And, um, I believe we have to defer to Bezos lest he, um, you know, come along and bankrupt us or something with his Amazon powers. Uh, but according to this, yeah, breathe and swallow simultaneously. That doesn't make sense. So I just, uh, I Googled it and the first, Response says, despite clear evidence that newborns cannot breathe and swallow simultaneously, <laughs> uh, these two researchers continue to support this concept well into the 21st century, which resulted in the concept becoming embedded in popular literature and the internet with potentially significant ne negative clinical consequences. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that, that seems to be the Google result. But, you know, now we're, we're sorry, now we're relying on Google to overthrow pro profs and who knows which one of those to trust yeah I but know. i feel like pro profs might have fallen for some uh some sort of legend and uh and now we're propagating that yeah false although i fake i think news. i've sufficiently overridden it by proving that i myself can lick my elbow uh just the inside portion of it so mm. i think we've done something good in the world nice uh, we got 67 out of a hundred percent on this. We did exactly two thirds, but wow. you know, I think we can pop our, uh, our answer up by three, four answers. Let's say we got an A. I think we got an A on this. I'll take an A. Yeah. All right. A's all around. <laughs> well done, everybody. Well done us.
Good job. Uh, let's head over to Japanese Corner. Oh, man. What are you doing? You're renaming stuff on the fly. <laughs> okay. Welcome <laughs> to the Japanese Hour. Uh, oh, Japanese of the Day, it says. That's what we call it. Okay. Uh, Japanese of the Day. I've got a triple whammy here. These will come up when your kid gets to be several months old and starts to actively play. Uh, the first word is omocha. And omocha means simply toy. Omocha. And uh, the two kanji in this, the first one uh, generally means play, and the second one means tool. So it is a play tool or a tool for playing. It is an omocha. The next word is nuigurumi. Nuigurumi. Uh, there are two kanjis involved in this. Well, the word means stuffed animal uh, or plush toy. Uh, the the nu of the nuigurumi, that kanji means like sewing or to sew something. And then the uh, guru of the gurumi part means like to wrap or like a, a package or a wrapping. Hmm. So this is kind of a uh, something that's sewn and wrapped up into a package and that is a stuffed animal the third word is ningyo and ningyo means a doll and uh the ningyo kanji is interesting to me the nin is person you know the simplest kanji Mm. just person and the gyo means form or shape so ningyo Hmm. kind of means like human form like a homunculus Yeah, homunculus, basically. (laughs) What we've got here, omocha is a toy, nuigurumi is a stuffed animal, and ningyo is a doll. And that Hmm. was your Japanese Minute with Justin and Mark. (laughs) Jesus, dude. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, now it's time for McQuiffy. I've got a question this week. Um, I'm curious if you're able to tell at this point who between you and Ayumi do you think will end up being more of the disciplinarian? Mm. That's a very good question because um, I tend to think, and I think some of this is cultural, but in Japan, there's the way of doing things that's Japanese, you know? Mm. And then in America, there's the way of doing things or the lack thereof. But I think I've noticed this since I've been back in America, there's a lot more like hands-on skills and stuff that Americans do. Mm. Like, um, uh, so in short, I think my wife will be more getting the kid to mind his P's and Q's according to the Japanese stuff. And then I'll not even know about those rules to enforce them, you know? Mm. Uh, But then there will be things that I want Nico to do, like learning how to, you know, fix this or that or work on something or like just stuff that Americans tend to do in the garage, you know? And I'm pretty serious that I would like him to be able to develop those skills. So I would want him to be there like working with me on stuff. And I don't think my wife would really, uh, you know, have him do that sort of thing. Right. So I think that we'll have um, what in the church is called non-overlapping magisteria. I think we'll have like <laughs> two different areas where we're both the enforcer a little bit. And um, then in the end, it might all come out in the wash that we're doing about the same amount, but just in different areas of like the Venn diagram of the kid. Right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That's kind of. It, there is no, there is never really one. I think it just depends on the situation. Yeah, that's true. Do you um, think that you guys are going to shake out the same way, or do you have a clearer cut disciplinarian? No, no, no. I think it's definitely situational. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's going to be her, sometimes it's going to be me, and it'll go back and forth. Yeah, um, I just uh, it sprang to mind this America Japan difference because um, last week my dad and I were up on the roof. And uh, we were putting up Christmas lights and uh, my dad has uh, an antenna that goes up one of those big towers that, you know, goes way up over the roof, actually. And um, 
so we were both standing at the peak of the roof and then my dad climbed up and he just took an old rope that he had and tied it around his waist and then like looped it around the tower <laughs> and climbed an additional, I don't know, 10 feet up the antenna tower. And um, then they took pictures of it. Uh, my, my wife and uh, my dad's wife were down at, at ground level with Nico. They took pictures of us and posted it on family album. And then the Japanese side of the family, they were responding with emojis on family album that were like, <laughs> you know, like dead faces, like <laughs> smiley faces with X's for eyes and shock and everything. And I was like, it never crossed my mind that that's something wild to do. But then come to think of it, I never see people on their roofs in Japan. But in America, you're on your roof all the time because you got stuff to do up there. You know? Yeah. I think it depends on the region here, though. Because like, oh, yeah. If you're up in the mountain area, those people have ladders going to their roof because they have to clear snow like every oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then around here, around our little Inaka area, I've seen quite a few neighbors on the roofs mm. just like fixing their tiles or doing whatever. Yeah. Come to think of it, I myself have cleared snow off of a roof several times in Japan, but it was in a uh, very snowy mountainy area at a friend's cabin and we were both mm. foreigners. So <laughs> I don't know if uh, that's <laughs> a good indication of what Japanese people are doing, but yeah, we were up on the roof to shovel in snow. Uh, yeah. But I just think there are so many things like say like working on your car by yourself oh, and yeah. doing things around the house that um, uh, there's just not such like a DIY culture in Japan and yeah. I think it's important to get those skills because they're not really taught in school and you have to just get in there mm. and figure them out for yourself. So uh, I want Nico to have some of those basic skills. Um, so I'll definitely, just like I was raised, I spent most of my childhood holding tools next to my dad while he was working yeah. on something. And I think that'll be important uh, to impart down to the next generation. Yeah, I'll be doing quite a bit of that myself. I have a planned shed where i'm gonna do projects and have all that stuff set up yeah and there will be a lot of like stand there boy and you know then the <laughs> disciplinarian side will will come out for sure yeah but uh just as another kind of thought i'm always dreading the situation where uh it's only nico and me and we're out in public in the world and something goes haywire like Nico and another kid have a little scuffle or something, you know, like as two or three year olds, they oh. fight over a toy or something. And then I will have to be handling and mediating the situation that I don't understand. I don't know what happened. And another parent's trying to explain something to me. And then I feel like discipline may need to come into that equation, but I just won't know what occurred or who's at fault or how to respond because I like missed the action or it occurred in Japanese and it just went over my head or something. That is a good point, especially when other kids are maybe like, and there's toys involved, like, yeah, how do you mediate that when you don't have the ability to communicate it well enough or yeah. ask questions well enough? So that's something I'm dreading. And then I think um, by default, all of that will fall to our wives when it happens out in the wild in that way. Right. So they'll like in public, they'll necessarily probably do a lot of the disciplining when it involves other people. Uh but um, at home, yeah, then I think it'll probably be 50-50 in kind of our non-overlapping Venn diagram ways. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. Well, dad jokes. Dad jokes. What do you got today? I got a couple of dad jokes. Okay, I got two. All right. Well, uh, I don't have a lot of confidence that mine are real laughers. So I'm going to start <laughs> off. Okay. Maybe we can end strong on yours. Uh, first one says, um, the Beastie Boys are releasing a five-part anthology. And um, apparently parts A through D are easy to get, but um, you have to fight for your right to part E. <laughs> nice. Nice delivery. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you. I tried to deliver it like a newscaster. <laughs> facts uh, right down the middle. Just the facts. Nice. All right. I'm going to get my kid a fridge for his birthday. I can't wait to see his face light up when he opens it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, side note on fridges. 
Frigid Air, the brand. It's just mm. Frigid Air. Isn't frigid that awesome? Air. <laughs> yeah. What do you make? Well, Frigid Air. Let's call it Frigid Air. Okay. My last dad joke here. Um, why should you never sit on death's sofa? I don't know. Because it's hard to deal with the repercussions. <laughs> I don't know if that actually works or not, but that's terrible. That's what I got. <clears throat> Why don't pirates travel on mountain roads? Oh, uh, I don't know. Why don't they? Scurvy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's really, it's really hard to follow through with that one. You really gotta <laughs> lean into that word. <laughs> Scurvy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, I'm in the South now, so I'm used to people dropping words from their sentences, and uh, uh. It, it just hit with me perfectly. <laughs> Uh, perfect audience then yeah. <laughs> uh, well thank you for listening we hope this week's episode was informative and interesting if you have any questions or comments please reach out to us either on twitter at jpops podcast or by email at info at the talk to you next time scurvy time <laughs>